Welcome everybody to uh, lesson 12 in uh, section one of Healing University. I'm really excited to be able to share with you today. I'm going to be talking about our identity in Christ. And uh, as you guys know, my name is Carrie Pickett. I've been able to share with you a couple times during this first section of the Healing University. I'm an instructor here at the Karis Bible College. My husband and I have this privilege of uh, being able to teach the students here as well as being the vice presidents here at Karis Bible College and our international operations. And so I have seen tremendous, tremendous things happen because of these life-changing truths. And I'll just tell you right now that the things that you are hearing from all the instructors, from Andrew and Greg and Barry, Daniel, all, all Carly, um, Pastor Dwayne, Sheriff, all, all these people that you're going to be hearing from have not only experienced this, but they have seen these messages change people's lives. And so that was the whole goal of putting this together so that we could just really uh, get these truths in your hearts. So I'm excited that I get to share with you again. I'm going to talk about our identity in Christ. And, um, you know, this is, this is a really, um, sometimes people just kind of skim over this topic like, oh, you know, identity in Christ. Well, yeah, I'm a child of God. And, and I think that somehow that's, that's as much as there is to understanding about identity in Christ. And so you may say, uh, why is this topic so important? Uh, that it was put in Healing University. Honestly, I think it's one of your foundational topics because as you listen to all these different things, I don't want you to listen to the different things and say, oh yeah, that's another thing I have to do. Oh, that's another thing I have to do. This, these lessons aren't, aren't, aren't trying to teach you of more things to do because if you are trying to do all these things, we're not, we're not leaning and receiving what Jesus already did for us. And so that's why we're, we're, we weave these concepts together so that we can keep going back to the foundations of what he has done for us. And so I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of review some of the even things I've said, things I've known other people said, because again, it's not just like this one piece of the puzzle and say, this is it. It's actually how these truths come together and go, oh, wow, that's the goodness of God. And oh, wow, that's who he is within me. So I'm excited to, sh to show you how this works. You know, one of the first things, you know, that Andrew talked about was, you know, the redemption of the cross and that, you know, your redemption and your healing and your salvation, that salvation in Zoe life isn't just salvation, that it's, it's healing and prosperity and life and power and righteousness and godliness and healing, all these things wrapped up into that Zoe life. So this redemption happened on the cross. It's been purchased. It's been done. You don't have to earn it. And then I shared about just the love of God, that when we understand that we, God actually loves us and he wants to do these things within our lives. He's not waiting for us to love him. It's because he loved us that he's done all of these works and all of these things. And then Andrew had gone on to share about spirit, soul, and body, that you have the spirit of God inside of you. And, and let me tell you something, and this is a powerful revelation. You do not have a baby Jesus in a manger living inside of you. A little crying, immature baby Jesus that's trying to figure it out and figure God out. That's not the spirit of God within you, okay? The spirit of God within you is the fullness of the Godhead, a complete, mighty spirit of God. Not a spirit, it says the spirit of God now lives with inside of you. That's why when we say we invited Jesus into our heart, that's not this cute Sunday school saying, I invited Jesus into my heart. We invited Jesus into our hearts, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the fullness of the Godhead, Jehovah, right? The lion of the tribe of Judah now lives within you. This is the spirit of God. You're not some baby. Now I may be immature here in my head. You and I may still need to be yet transformed by the renewing of our mind. As it says in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, we may still be learning all that he did, all that that redemption looked like. We may still be discovering how to believe it and how to speak it. So that's where you and I might be spiritually immature and praise God, we're getting less immature even by just listening to each other and edifying each other back and forth right now, right? But let me tell you, your spirit is not immature. It is not spiritually immature. It is, it is complete. It is complete in Christ Jesus. So when we realize this, 
We start to, then we went on to share after Andrew shared, I taught him the true nature of God. And so when we realize that the spirit of God lives within us, well, what does that spirit look like? Who is this God we serve? And so we talked about the goodness of God, that God is always good, never evil. Jeremiah 29, 11, he said that he has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. So he doesn't use sickness. He doesn't use persecution. He doesn't use poverty to try to teach you and I something. So this sickness, these different things that you're believing for, these promises you're holding on to, let me tell you, they are good and they will work because those promises came from who he is. So we talked about even the aspect of healing, right? We have Jehovah Rapha living inside of us, the Lord God, the healer. The person of healing lives inside of you. Jehovah Jireh, the, per, the Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider, the person of ultimate provision lives within inside of you. Ooh, that's awesome. Peace, Jehovah Shalom. Thank you. Jehovah Shalom. So Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God who's present, so he'll never leave you. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, your peace. He says, you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be anxious and worried and fearful. It says the Prince of Peace lives inside of you. This is awesome. This is absolutely awesome. So if that is who God is, and he said, now when we receive him, that's who he is within us. No wonder the devil's trying to throw stuff at us. He's trying to distract us from who we really are. Because if he can distract us from who we really are, guess what? Then we're going to believe all these lies and we won't walk in that power, that authority, that position of who we really are. And so what I want to talk about today is our identity in Christ, because here's the thing, all that stuff, right, that I said, who God is, that his, and who he is, his nature, his character is only good. He never does bad. God is good. Devil's bad. Powerful revelation right there. If he loves us, Amen. He loves us. He put his spirit within us. Guess what? When God looks at you, what does he see? He sees himself. Now, this is so powerful because when you and I look at ourselves, <laughs> we can look at ourselves in the mirror and say, really? That's all? <laughs> you could have been so much more. Don't you wish you looked like something else? Don't you wish you could have done? Don't you wish you hadn't done? We... Boy, we're hard on ourselves. The way we see ourselves is we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people mm. for the good or bad. Sometimes we'll do that whole comparison like, oh man, I'll never be like spiritual Susie. I mean, she sings, she serves, she can preach, she can give. She's got a whole passel of kids that all obey her. Oh, I could never be like that. Right? I could never know God like that. I could never. And so we compare ourselves. Or we'll do it on the other side like, I totally, totally am better than Doofus Dave over here. I mean, he's just got, he's such a mess. He's just so, he's just got so far to go. He's so immature and he's just so bound by lies. I mean, I know so much more. And so what we do is we get caught up in one of these two things and we, we, we see ourselves after ourselves right? And that's not how God sees us. Because when God looks at you, praise God, when God looks at you and me, he doesn't see our flesh and our frustrations and our temptations. Is he with us? Does he want to lead and guide us out of those things? Absolutely. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. But he says, listen, when I see you, I see the potential of me, says God. When I see you, I see my spirit. When I see you, I see all of the heaven. I see kingdom. This is what's powerful. When, when God sees you, he sees Jehovah Rapha. He sees the healer. So when God sees you, he sees you healed. When God sees you, he sees you prosperous. When God sees you, he sees you joyful. He sees you with wisdom. This is, this, this is powerful. That means when I fall down, I'm not thinking that God's looking at me like, oh man, I just want to kick you. That's not how God sees us. God's not out there going, I'm so frustrated. How many times? Not like that. When we realize how God sees us, we can stumble. And it says, then a righteous man stands up seven, seven more times. He stands up in the midst of that and says, I know how God sees me. I know that this is, this is why the, the message of grace is so powerful. Because all of these truths are wrapped up into that powerful revelation of grace. 
that when God sees me because he loves me and he gave himself for me, when he sees me, he sees himself. So that's why he can keep extending his love and his grace over us. And not only is grace so that we can keep falling, grace is not so you and I can sin and do whatever we want as a blank check. No, grace is you and I going, God, thank you. And as I stand up in the way you see me, Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me to say no to ungodliness. Teach me to say no to sin. Teach me to say no to sickness because that is not who I really am. As I fall down and start saying, oh, I'm sick and I'm going to die and the doctor's right. No, I stand back up and say, oh, Lord, I know how you see me. I know how you see me. So guess what? Now I'm going to see myself that way. And so what I want to share with you, and this is absolutely powerful because most people don't see uh, identity in Christ this way. But it, it absolutely changed my life because... I thought my identity in Christ was making a whole bunch of declarations. And those declarations are good. I'm a child of God. I'm free from sin and death. I am no longer a slave. I, I have power. I have might. I have authority. You know, it's a whole bunch of declarations, but sometimes they just didn't touch that revelation part of me. It was just a knowledge part of me. And I was making all these declarations of who I was, but internally, I didn't feel like it. Internally, I was like, well, someday, but you know, the longer I keep saying it, I'll convince myself. And you know what? I believe in the power of our words. I believe life and death are in the power of the tongue and by the fruit thereof, you're going to eat of them. So I believe in speaking words of faith. I believe in speaking words of, of, of life and promise and of the word of God, not somebody else's words, the word of God. But I also know that sometimes we can parrot a lot of things. And we don't believe it. And we can look at this and say, well, yeah, that's how God sees the world. And yeah, that's what God did for mankind. But we don't internalize it and say, this is what God did for me. This is my word. This is my promise. See, when I I read my Bible, I don't read it for you. I read it for me. I read it for, this is for me. And you know what happens when it happens to me? It produces life. It produces revelation. And then it starts affecting my heart and my emotions. And when that happens, guess what? It, it springs into this wellspring of life. And then that overflow, guess what? Starts to touch you. Starts to touch my children. Starts to touch my husband. Starts to touch perfect strangers. Amen? Because You are reading this for you. You're realizing, man, this is the way God sees me, right? That's so powerful. It says this, and I want to, I want to get a definition out to you because I really want to build on this and we're going to give some scriptures, but the, the, the promises that he gives here is saying that now you become a new creation. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. I'm going to encourage you to turn to these verses. I'm going to encourage you to look in your notes. These verses are going to be written down that you're going to be able to meditate on these and look at them. But it says here that you have been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. It says, behold, all things have passed away. All things have passed. All the old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the thing is, is you became new in Christ Jesus. So when you think about this, and we're talking about spirit, soul, and body, well, when you got saved, did all of a sudden, did you become a six foot two model? I wish. Uh, Did you lose 50 pounds like overnight? We wish. Um, Did all of our memories of the past just disappear? No. So what became new? It was your spirit, right? It was your absolute born again nature that now you have the spirit of God living inside of you. So he says, the old has passed away. That old nature, that sin nature, that law, your, your nature, your identity and definition, identification as a lost person was erased because now it says the lost have been found. It says that now your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. It says, your old identification of being lost 
is totally now not true because you've been found in Christ Jesus. So your spirit now has this fullness of God. But then what happens is that we can look at ourselves still after the flesh and say, well, nothing changed. I still, I still have these temptations like I had before. Well, I must not be new. I'm just telling you right now, when you understand who you are in the spirit, you start getting into these promises. You start looking at these things. And when it says that you are righteous, that you are holy, when it says that you have authority and might, it says that you can turn away from every lustful thought. You can turn away from darkness. You can turn away from the prince of darkness whom you once walked after. It says that all those things, you have to come to a place where you say, that's the real me. That's talking about the real me. So even when something of the, the past tries to come up, I say, no, this is the real me. This is what the word of God is saying. And so what happens, you start to renew your mind. You start to realize this is the new me. And so the way that God sees you, now you can start seeing yourself. And this is the definition I want you to give about identity in Christ. Identity in Christ is not a whole bunch of, of knowledge declarations. Identity in Christ is a revelation when you start to agree. Listen, when you start to agree and see yourself the way that God sees you. Identity in Christ is when you come into agreement that you start to see, you start to agree with the way that God sees you. So that you can stand up and say, you know what? I am anointed. You know what? I am righteous. I see myself, not God just seeing me, not just other people saying that's who I am. I see myself the way the word declares. And let me tell you something right now. This is personal. This is personal intimacy and revelation with God because you can sit all day. You can sit and listen to me. You can sit and listen to other teachers. You can go to church and people can declare all day long who you are. Woo! And everybody say, amen, hallelujah. And you can say, amen, and not believe it in your heart because nobody can agree. No one can, no one can make you see yourself the way God sees you. They can make declarations. They can have words of encouragement. They may even have words of prophecy. But you and I have to have that personal ownership where you say, that's the real me. That is me. And we're not looking about what we've done, what we didn't do, how much we read, what we didn't read. Did I pray? Did I fast? Did I give? Did I serve? Or... I did this, I did that, I did this, and all this, you know, carnality that maybe have come out, our thoughts, our frustrations, our lack of faith. We stop looking at all those things and say, you know what? I'm not gonna look at myself. I'm gonna look about, I'm gonna look at who he is within me. That's how I'm gonna have an identity in Christ. It's not my identity for Christ. What I do for him. Let me tell you right now, it's not how much you give, how much you serve, how many committees, how many ministries you're a part of. It's not about that. It's not your identity for, for him. It's your identity in him. This who he is within me. This is his finished work. My identity is what in what he did, what he accomplished. It's in the finished. It's in the finished work of the cross, the shed blood of Jesus, the resurrection power. It is in what he did. It's in he took captivity captive. He went to hell, took the keys of sin and death led captivity captive and said, no longer is that your identity, child. I've taken care of it, Jesus said. That's no longer, you don't even have to identify yourself with those things because I took it captive for you. It's not how much you serve for me so that then I choose, hmm, do they deserve it? He said, I already did it for you. So now this identity is about what he has accomplished for us. Man, this and this boy, this this revelation of identity. <laughs> you 
stop believing all these lies of the devil that says that you deserve where you're at. You deserve what you got. Because all of us can look back and have, we, our mistakes can be so definitive, so defining that we think that, that we've set, we've drawn a line in the sand and said, that is now my new border of everything I can be or become. My, my mistakes have now defined my future. That's not your identity. Your past is not your identity. Praise the Lord. It's what he's done. But we got to get to a place. Do you and I agree? Do we see ourselves that same way? Because if we always see like that's this beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us. But I'm over here. This is where I'm at. And that's beautiful. But someday. Now we've got to see ourselves here, this is my identity. This belongs to me. This is who I am. Now, my hope is in Christ Jesus. And we start to realize, okay, now this is my identity. I've overcome the world. So any sickness, any death, any disruption, any attack, that doesn't define me because I know my identity. I know my God. I know who he is within me. And guess what? I see myself that same way. So when you do that, then you start rebuking the enemy. No devil, that's not who I really am. I know the real me. I know who he is within me. I know what belongs to me. I know it. I love, there's a, a verse, um, talks about this and I have to look at your notes. I can't think of it at the, at the moment, but it'll be in your notes. It says, I have come to know and believe the love of Christ towards me. I've come to know and believe the work, the love of Jesus. See, here's the thing. I might know something. You might know a lot of Bible verses. We may know a lot of sermons. We know a lot of speakers. We've, we've known and been to a lot of conferences. We've read a lot of books. But knowing here and believing here, right, are two different things. See, I, I believe the love that God had for me. I believe it. And so now that's become our new identity. Boy, that's a place of great power. First John chapter five, verse four. It says, for whatever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You know, so many times people are trying to get this know about the word. They're trying to get all this knowledge. Because they think, well, if I, if I can quote a verse, then I have faith. And I'll just tell you right now, I can quote a lot of verses. I was a teenager and, and had memory verses every Sunday school, right? I had memory verses that I put on myself to memorize. But they were just knowledge because I, I didn't affect my faith until I began, when I started reading those verses, to believe that was who I was. That's who God was, that who God was within me, and that's who I was now. It wasn't about just reading a memory verse. Right? It wasn't about just taking this scripture and pulling it out. It was pulling it out and meditating and saying, God, reveal yourself so that I start to see this is the real me. So that's what starts to overcome the world. And that's what starts to absolutely see the signs and wonders and miracles because you have this faith. It's not that how good or bad I am, how spiritual I am compared to anyone else around me. Now I've started to see my identities in him. And I'll just tell you right now, when you get your identity in Christ, you'll stop caring what other people say about you. Who cares what the doctor said? Now I'm not disrespecting doctors. I believe that God can use doctors, but you've put your hope in them. You've put your faith in what they've declared. Guess what? You know, somebody can tell me all day long that I'm going to die and I'm going to, I'm, I'm sick and I'm dying and I'm going to hell. But you know what? I have promises of God that says I'm not. I have inheritance. I have two little children at home that says I am not. Amen. There's a call of God. There's prophecies yet unfulfilled that says I'm not. Hallelujah. 
So you got to get to a place that says, I don't care what anyone else says about me. What anybody else declares over your life. See, when we don't have our identity in what God says about us and we're in agreement with that, then we're going to start agreeing with what other people say about us. They're going to start saying, well, you know, you need to start making some provision. You need to start thinking about the future. You need to start thinking about your kids. Hey, maybe we should look into some different kind of equipment. Maybe we should look into a new kind of medicine. And you start receiving that. And sometimes, listen, sometimes friends and family, they love you and they're trying to serve you. They're trying to take care of you. They're worried about you. And so sometimes we feel obligated to, you know, they just love me. So, I, you know, I really should listen. And, you know, they've invested so much into me. So I, I really should, you know, you know, give them some time and give them some attention. I'm just saying right now, as much as your friends and family and coworkers, your church members love you. No one loves you like the father. And people, even in their humanity, even in their love for you, can start declaring things that are not the word of God. And they'll start declaring what your future is, telling you what's normal, what's acceptable, what, what, what's, what, what should be your identity. And I'm just telling you right now, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get this determination that I am going to speak over myself, believe over myself and see myself the way God sees me, what God has spoken over me, what God declares over me, what God has made provision for me in my life. No matter what they're trying to do to help you, you've got to decide you're going to accept God's provision and God's word more than anybody else's declaration over you. Amen. And sometimes I'll just tell you, you're going to have to stand up in some boldness and say, that's not who I am. Don't speak to me like I'm always going to be sick. I'm not. And you may think this in your brain, but I'm telling you right now, you need to start speaking with your words and declaring my identity lines up with what God is saying about me, with who I am in the spirit, with Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, the healer who lives inside of me. That's my future. That's my hope because God only has plans to prosper me. Amen. And so you're going to have to disagree with some other people's opinions over your life. You're going to have to disagree with where their declarations because they're trying to fit you in this box of, box of what your identity is. You're going to always be a mom and dad of sick children or a sick child. You're always going to have this hereditary disease. It's in your family. It's in your family. It's just natural. Maybe you're not even sick. And people are already declaring you what your identity is. Well, you know, your, your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather all had heart disease, so you need to lay off that chicken. And you might need to lay off the chicken, right? The fried chicken with gravy and mashed potatoes. And I haven't eaten lunch today, so I'm hungry, right? So yeah, you might need to do some things to take care of your physical temple, but you're not doing it because of fear, because I'm going to get heart disease like my great-grandfather and my great-great-grandfather. No, don't, don't accept other people's declarations of your identity. That is absolutely a life-changing word right there for you. God's word has declared boldly. <laughs> the spirit of God has been sent to you to lead you and guide you into all truth and all understanding. This is who you really are, honey. This is how much I love you. This is what I've done for you. This is who you really are. My spirit lives within you. Man, spirit of God, he's just absolutely every day eager to teach you. And so we have to get to that place where we're saying, okay, you know what? This is who I really am. Your flesh is going to try to tell you how to live. Your flesh is going to try to tell you who you really are. Sickness is going to try to, to pull on you and say, you, you, you are a person that always is going to have a bad back. And you're a person that's always going to struggle with cancer. And you're going to get remission, hallelujah, but you know, it'll probably come back. And then you'll have to fight it again. And you're going to have to say, you know what? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, you have a flesh. You live in this world. But it says you can be crucified to that and say, no, I do not receive that. 
I do not submit to it. I do not believe it. I do not listen to it. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's awesome. In Acts chapter 17, verse 28, it says, In him we live and move and have our being. This identity, it's like in him we live, man, we move, we breathe. We, our whole identity is in him, right? That this is my identity. This is the real me. And when you see the real you, anything that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, anything that's trying to bring you into poverty and depression and sickness and fear and doubt and worry, that's not the real you. I love in, in Romans, Romans chapter eight. And um, I want you to turn there. My husband and I, when we teach this verse together, we just, we love it. It's just, it's so powerful. Romans chapter eight. And it's talking in, in chapter eight verses. Let's, let's start in verse 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And I, and I just want to say this, because so many times people take this verse out of context, like, well, you know, everything that comes from God, now all things work together for good. Well, you know, you know, I know this sickness is from God because when I got sick, boy, I just really ran to the word and prayer and worship. And boy, I just got so close to God. And boy, I just started being a better wife and mother. And I just, I've just seen a difference in my kids. That's how I know this sickness is from God because look at how much goods come from it. Let me tell you, you don't have to have sickness to turn to God. Because if you, if you think about that, she said, oh, well, when I got the sickness and I just turned to the Lord, I started praying and worshiping. Listen, I can pray and worship and be in the word right now without sickness. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get blessed. I'm going to hear God. I'm going to be a better wife and I'm going to be a better mother without sickness. See, the enemy tries to say God's going to use something bad to do good. God doesn't do that. Now, you know what God can do, though, because he's good and he's awesome and he's a great, mighty, majestic God. He can say whatever the enemy, whatever the thief tries to kill, steal and destroy. Watch me be God. Watch me take all of that thing that he tried to do and watch me take it and touch it with my power, touch it with my word, touch it with my spirit. And you touch it with your faith and watch you become more than a conqueror. That's the goodness of God. That's how you take that verse, that no matter what the enemy throws against me, no matter what society, economy, government, any declaration, no matter what it throws against me, guess what? My God is so good. He can take it, touch it, breathe on it, his love, mercy, grace, and promises, and it's going to be good. Man, that's awesome. I'm, I'm getting blessed. I hope you are. All right. It goes on to say, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He was saying, listen, God has got, he knew. He says, listen, I, I knew you before creation. He said, I formed, I created a plan. I desired, I had already planned my son that you be predestined to know him. He said, I had this desire that you would know him that you would be conformed to the image of his son. He said, listen, my whole goal is that your identity, that you would see yourself and the world would see that you look like Jesus. That you would realize I have the identity of Jesus living inside of me. That is his whole plan for you and I. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren in verse uh, 29, last part there. And then in verse 30, it says, moreover, whom he predestined, right? Those whom he planned, he prepared, he, he established all these things for you and I. These he also called. He said, whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. He's talking about you and I. He said, listen, I had made this plan, this provision. He said, and I'm calling you called. I'm calling you justified. I'm calling you glorified. This is how God sees us. This is what he's declaring over our lives. 
Now then, Paul says this, verse 31, powerful, powerful. Most people don't see this verse. They don't see this first part of this verse anyway. It says, what then shall we say to these things? What things? What shall we say to what things? Verse 30. He says that he said, I called you called. I called you justified. I called you glorified. I called that you would be predestined, that you would be conformed to the image of my son. He said, now, what shall you say to these things? I think it's one of the the most important questions that Paul ever asked. He says, listen, I can say this over you. Jesus could have done it for you. But what do you say to these things? What do you say? Not... Well, hallelujah, in the sweet by and by, in the sweet by and by, (laughs) right? Someday it will be when it shall be. What do we say to these things? Well, you know, I just don't know. I mean, my past and yeah, I'm sure that's great. And I'm I'm so glad God saved me. But to say I'm anointed, to say I'm glorified, to say I'm this mighty minister, anointed and filled with the life and power of God and can change the world. You know, I don't know about that. Give me to Bible school or, or, or let me serve in the church for a good two decades. He says, what do you say to these things? See, I think that's such an important thing because this is when it comes down to that personal application, that personal relationship between you and Christ Jesus and saying, you know what? Do you know what I say to this? I am called. What am I going to say? I am justified. Man, I am glorified. You know what that means, people? Brothers and sisters, this means you're glorified. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You have the man of healing, the perfect sacrifice, his shed blood, living and dying and raising again for you, living inside of you. So what do I say? I am healed. What do I say to these things? Amen. They're mine, not tomorrow, right now. See, that's, that's got to be your attitude in response to this. And in the same verse in 31, and this is where a lot of us know this verse, and we didn't maybe know this first part we've just been talking about. It says this, if God is for us, who can be against us? Many of, many of us know that, if God's before us. I remember when I was growing up in my home church, a little tiny church out in the country, uh, 350 people, really tiny community. And, um, but what was, what was awesome. And I was, I was this farm girl, cow girl, you know, growing up on a ranch and, um, my, uh, our church, our pastor always had these missionaries coming in from all over the world, which was just absolutely fantastic because I knew at 10 years old, I wanted to be a missionary. I knew that was the call of God on my life. So boy, when these missionaries came, I was just like this little shadow that would follow them around. And there was this great big Swedish man. And uh, he used to do all of this work in, uh, in behind the Iron Curtain. And uh, when Russia used to be closed, he used to smuggle Bibles in. And um, he, uh, I don't even know his last name. He just was known as Brother Emmanuel. Brother Emmanuel would come in and he would teach just at the goodness of God and the bigness of God. And he had this big accent, you know, just oh, big man, six, six, five. And golden, I mean, golden, I shouldn't say golden, but it was this white hair and white beard. And I was just, I loved him and I was totally terrified of him at the same time. You know, he was telling all these crazy stories of miraculous things of going behind the Iron Curtain and, you know, smuggling Bibles in and, and just all this stuff. And, but he used to say this and it, and, and it always it resonates even to this day in my heart. He used to get up and he would declare the greatness of God and what God was able to do. And then he would just take his finger and he would point it at us and he would start singing in this deep Swedish voice. If God before us, who can be against us? And he would just shake. No one, no one, no one. And he would sing it and he would just roar and he'd be like, stand up, everybody. (laughs) And we have to sing. And it just, I just remember as a little girl, this, this absolute revelation (laughs) that if God's before us, 
How can be against us? And I'll just tell you, when you can start establishing your identity of God in you, man, you get this absolute, who can overcome me? Nothing, no one. And you get this attitude of faith because you know that God's not only for me, man, his love and his banner of his love is flying over me. God's before me. Who can be against me? And see, this verse here in 31, he says, what shall you say to these things, these declarations that have just been told to you? He said, because if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, when you look at the, when you look at this verse and you look at how it's written, if God is for us, comma, who can be against us? Question mark. Now, here's the problem is that most of us have struggled or even currently struggling. And we read it like this. If God is for us, question mark, who can be against us, question mark? This is why a revelation of just who God is and who he is within you and his love over you is so important. All of these things that we've been teaching about in this series, why this is important, because we start to realize there's no question mark, is God for us? If God is for us, and this is how I like to rewrite this sentence. If God is for us, exclamation point, who can be against us, period. There's, no, there's not even a question mark like, well, I know we can heal a cold, but oh my gosh, if I were to, if I were to get hit by a bus, if I were to get cancer, oh my gosh. I don't know. Oh, Lord. Oh, I don't know. No. If God is for us, exclamation point, who can be against us? Period. No, it's settled. You start to see your identity. I know who he is and I see myself that way. This is absolutely life changing. So my question to you is how do you see yourself? Because when this happens, all of a sudden, this whole identity of how he sees you, it starts to redefine everything that's normal in your life. What everybody else says is normal. What everybody else says should be what you accept. Everybody else's definitions of your future and what you're able to do or not to do because of your sickness or your poverty or whatever this is the enemy's trying to attack you with right now. You stop listening to their normal reality talks and you start looking to the supernatural and saying, that's my identity. That is the real me. Amen. And listen, when you know how God sees you, you're able to rebuke every temptation, everything, anything the enemy throws your way. You totally are number, number one, not only are you able to rebuke it, but first you're able to identify it. Because this is where a lot of people, because they don't know their identity in Christ and how God sees them. When the enemy throws a lie at them, they don't even recognize it that it's the enemy until it starts to kill, steal, destroy, and bleed over into all your loved ones' lives. And I'm just telling you right now, when you get these truths in your heart and you keep asking the Holy Spirit, teach me, remind me, bring these things back to my remembrance. Help me look at the word and say amen today. Not someday, but amen today. When that happens, you'll be able to recognize the enemy from a far way off. When he starts declaring lies far off, when a little symptom comes far off, you rebuke and say, no, 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 no. I'm not getting the cold. I don't care if it's flu season. I don't care if every single member of my classroom or workplace or even members in my family are sick and coughing and hacking. I do not receive it. I see it a far way off and I already know who I am. Amen. You don't wait until it's all up in your lap, flapping around like a wet fish. And you're like, oh, what do I do with this? Oh, wait, this is the devil. No, you see it far away off and say, I will not pull that into my life. I will not accept that as the norm. I will not accept anyone's declarations over my life. Amen. So I'm going to challenge you. This is a foundational principle. And keep asking the Lord, say, Holy Spirit, and this is what I love about the Holy Spirit. He wants to teach you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. Look at these outlines. Look at the other verses. Study them. Say, Lord, I want to see myself the way you see me. I want to be able to say these declarations, not as just these 
oh, okay, I have to say it, but I mean a reality of I see myself the way God sees me. And if that means you have to read a scripture and say, Carrie, this is who you are, and you just put your name in it, John, Sarah, Bobby, Sue, whatever it is, you put your name in that and say, this is who you are. This is how God sees you. This is how I'm going to see myself. Boy, that's powerful. Man, the enemy gets very nervous when we start talking like this. And that's exactly what we want to see happen. So that you're able to tell them, no, I do not receive what is normal. I do not receive what is scientific. I do not receive the absolute diagnosis over my body or my children or my marriage or my heart, my lungs, my internal organs, my ears, my hair, my throat, whatever it is, I do not receive that because I'm not normal. I'm a child of God. I'm of the kingdom of God. I'm excited about that. I just want to pray with you. Look over these things, put it in your heart, ask the Holy Spirit to bring it back to your remembrance. Father, I just thank you. Lord, I just thank you for every person watching, whether they're individual or if they're in a group setting. I just thank you that right now, Holy Spirit, you are ministering to them, that they would stop identifying themselves after what everybody else has declared is their identity, has declared what is their ever symptoms or diagnosis or future or their children's future, or what their first their spouse's future, whatever it is, whoever is sick in their home, whatever, and not just physical sickness. I'm talking about lies of the enemy and your finances and your and your mental health and your emotional health and, and your prosperity of your job. I declare right now that they would receive and understand and come from a place of what you have declared about them. But they'd be able to say, I have said to these things, amen. I have declared to these things of the word. God is for me, exclamation point. And therefore nothing, nothing can stand against me. Nothing has power. So Father, I thank you that every person would take ownership of this in their life. They're not waiting for their pastor or their spouse or their friends to say amen for them. But that, Lord, that they would say amen. They would declare, this is who I am right now. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are the teacher. That you are leading them and guiding them into all truth and all understanding right now. And there's some of you, you have believed your past. (laughs) You've been believing what everybody has declared that you can be because of what you used to be. And I'm saying right now, that's not the real you. Even yet, when you, when you were unformed in your mother's womb, he had a greater future and you need to let go of the past and let go of the definitions other people have placed on your life. And they've not only said them, they've declared them loudly, boldly with a big fat period over your life. And it's time to say no and rebuke those things right now in the name of Jesus. Your identity is in him. And that means all those promises and this healing that you're standing for, this healing that is yours, this healing that is in your spirit, the Rafa God, the healer God that lives inside of you. We just say right now, now we not only Not only does God see us healed, now we today see ourselves healed of the Lord. So I want you to proclaim over and just say even right now, I see myself healed. I see myself whole. I see myself unbroken. I see myself with a future and a hope. I want you to declare that over your life. You have to see it because that's how God sees you. And I'll tell you also, that's how the devil sees you. He just does not want you to see yourself with the promises and the victory that's already yours. So Father, I just thank you. We love you. We declare this. This is a finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Declare that over yourself. (laughs) You are healed. You are whole. That's huge. And he has no power. (laughs) I think too many times people give him 
too much by heart. And a lot of times it's this right here. <laughs> and, uh, I think it's important that we declare good things over our lives. Absolutely. And our families. Yes, and our families. And our communities. And our jobs, and our communities, and our nation, and everything because the Lord knows mm -hmm. the enemy's words are coming at yeah, us and not full force be specific yes oh be yeah very every, specific every little detail I always and I always told my kids this if God took the time to count the hairs on your head I don't know how more detail you could be than to care about how many hairs are on your head and I think that's just, it, there is nothing, is you, yeah, there's nothing yeah. that's too small or too big for God. Because that's very detailed. <laughs> so, my and husband always said he didn't care how many he had, just as long as they all stayed attached. <laughs> so, anything jump out at y'all about this tonight with Carrie? Anything you want to share? Revelation? Anything you liked, didn't like? <laughs> Agreed with, didn't agree? All of it was so good. I know, I know. It really was. All of it was yeah. so good. Yeah. So. Knowing who we are is a game changer. I think for a lot of years I lived as a believer but didn't really realize who I was in Christ. I didn't realize the power that I had available to me in Christ. And getting a whole, getting that revelation and understanding changed my life years ago. I think one thing that she said right off blew me away when she said, uh, when God looks at you, he sees himself. Yeah. I, when I when she said that, and of course, you know, the first thing written, it was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about. I mean, I know that's what. Yeah. I always think he sees Jesus, and you know, yeah. so you yeah. know, he sees right. You know, he sees righteousness. righteousness. You know, mm -hmm. but when he, but he, when I don't know, it just really hit hard for me. Yeah. yeah. Really, I think the very beginning of it was really some of the best things that she said. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when she saw, talked about the different personalities mm -hmm. um, or the attributes of mm -hmm. God that, you know, that we have that too. Yeah. You know, we have his peace, we have his mm -hmm. healing power, we have, you know, mm -hmm. on, on, on. Mm -hmm. I thought that was all good. Yeah. And the scripture that says, as he is, so are we, we in this world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used I spent a lot of years seeing things like healing or whatever it was as something out here yeah. that out I was work out in the future, oh, yeah. out yeah. in front of me. Yeah. That I was working my faith to try to gain it, yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. And when I got the revelation that it's literally my identity of who I already wow. am, that was a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. game changer. I remember yeah. Susan, you posting things that would say something about the finished work of Christ. And for Quite some time, oh, it wow. jumped off the page at me, and I kept thinking, what in the world does she mean? The finished work of Christ, finished work of Jesus. And when I got the revelation, it is finished. It is finished. It, it's already it's settled. It's who yeah. I am now. I just yeah. have to, I have to wake up to that revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and what, where I'm having trouble with kind of a saying like that is working out your salvation. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like working it out. You're working. Uh, well, because... The word produces good works. Right. But, you know, working out your salvation, it's like mm -hmm. I'm already saved. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah. that's what I mean. I have a hard time. I always thought, I always took that, but well, I don't, haven't always. I used to think I did have to work for it. But I've come to realize that we work out of who we are. When I know who I am, I'm automatically going to produce good fruit because the fruit, the the Spiritual fruit is already in me, in Christ. And I'm going to work out of that. Which means not working for anything. I'm not working for anything. I'm working because of what's happened in me through Christ. Does that help? 
I mean, for, 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 for a Christian to just get born again and sit down and do nothing for the kingdom, uh-huh. you're saved, you're going to heaven, you got uh-huh. it all, but are you producing any fruit uh-huh. out of that? You're not working for your salvation. No. Through it. No, you're, working, you're just working through it. I'm, yeah. I'm saved, I'm growing, I'm spending time in the Word, I'm meditating, I'm, I'm doing good works because... I know the love of God for me, so I'm going to go out and love other people. I know how God has blessed me, so I want to go out and be a blessing for other people. I think that's working through our salvation or out of our salvation. Out of, yeah, it's working out of that salvation that we received. Okay, I like not that. working for it. Yeah, I but we're I, working. I, I like, out. It's just a new saying for me. It's yeah. like I never really even heard that. Yeah. And then I think I, I think it's uh, I'm doing I'm also studying um, the awe of God. Yeah. Is anybody doing that with? Mm-hmm. Um, you do Yeah. Okay. And it talks about that in there quite yeah. often. Yeah. About working out your salvation. Mm-hmm. And you're like I'm like what I never heard of that before. Is that John Marie's? Yes. Yeah. So yesterday I saw this post where it was maybe God answers your prayers by changing you. And I sat there for a second, and I went, that's an interesting thought, because once we're changed inside, mm-hmm. things in our lives will change as well. But it was just the way it was worded for me yeah. that really kind of hit me, which yeah. I saved it. Yeah. Um, I think prayer does change us, because there's a lot of times that, that God, at something I had a wrong mindset about. I think he does change our mindsets through prayer sometimes. Well, and I think I But it's going to change it to I what the Word said and what I should have known already. <laughs> but sometimes we're waiting on something. Yeah. We're, you know, our... Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know that I pray and ask for things, but there's desires, there's things, sure. you know, that we're waiting on. And... Um, the idea of our answered prayers are in changing us. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's for me because I've seen the growth in myself yeah. in these last few years and just me just being down here and being in a church like this, I've seen yeah. the growth. Yeah. And so I, maybe that's why it hit a little bit more personal for me Yeah. in the sense that sometimes in our head we get we have a prayer or we have a desire um, that we're waiting on. Mm-hmm. And maybe the answer is he's changing us. Mm-hmm. And through that, yeah. you know, yeah. things could change and our desires may happen, but yeah. the change has to come within us first. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. I don't think it's sickness. I think if we're asking for sick, I mean, for healing, God's not going to withhold that. Because no, that's already right. happened. But yeah, I think things like that we do pray about because we don't have the answer for. I mean, the Bible tells us it's wisdom for every area of our life. But he, the Bible doesn't tell you who to marry or who to, you know, what job to take or whatever. Those are things that we just have to seek the Lord on and, and be led by peace. But the more He changes you, the more it's going to help your mindset. Right, in the absolutely. And in believing mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of where I was going for yeah. the healing part of it. yeah. Um, but he will change us to know his will and his will is for us to be healed so yeah she said a lot of great things mm-hmm. yeah anything else anything new <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my next question. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, I really appreciate it because obviously welcome. you're you're very busy with this. I love this. I love this. I can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love to teach healing. Mm-hmm. How long have you been teaching this? This is my third year for this particular. I've been teaching for years, but this is my third year to teach the Kids Healing University. 
So, which I'm not really teaching y'all. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're teaching. Yeah. I'm just kind of facilitating. But it's a, it's something I'm passionate about, and I just want to get the word out. Yeah. And when this program came along, I thought this is it. I mean, this is all three. If you do go through all three sessions of this, I mean, it's almost as full as what going to Karis Bible College is. I mean, it's focused on healing, where Bible College is broader topics, but you can't get any better. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's Word. That's what it is. It's the Word of God. And um, it's really good. So. Well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be here, honored to be here. And I'm sorry I've been having to work tonight. <laughs> well, no. 